0: Fourth Adventure of the Fall of the Nibelungs by Anonymous Translated by Margaret Armour This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Fourth Adventure How Siegfried Fought with the Saxons Now there were brought into Gunther's land strange tidings by envoys sent from afar by foreign princes that hated him and when they heard the message they were troubled The kings were, as I will tell you Ludgar of the Saxons, a high and mighty prince, and Ludgast of Denmark, and many bold warriors with them, these envoys sent by his foemen came unto Gunther's land, and the strangers were asked their business and brought before the king. The king greeted them fair and said, "I know not who hath sent you hither, and would hear it, so spake the good king, and they greatly feared his wrath. If thou wilt have our message, O king, we will tell it plain, and name thee the princes that have sent us. They are Ludgast and Ludger, and will come against thee into thy land. Thou art fallen in their displeasure, and we know that they bear thee bitter hate. They come hither with an armed force to Worms by the Rhine, they and their warriors. Wherefore be warned, inside of twelve days they will ride. If thou hast truly friends, Let it appear now. Let them help thee to keep thy castles and thy country. For all long there will be smiting of helmets and shields here. Or wouldst thou treat with them, then declare it straightway, that thy foemen come not nigh thee to thy hurt, and that goodly knights perish not thereby. Tarry a while. Ye shall have answer betimes, that I may bethink me, said the good king. If I have true liegemen, I will not hide it from them, but will take counsel with them on this hard matter. Heavier now of his cheer was Gunther. He pondered the message secretly in his heart, and summoned Hagen, and others of his men, and sent to the court in haste for Gernot. His best knights drew round him, and he said, Without cause, and with a mighty army, foemen come hither against us into our land. "'There, too,' answered Gernot, a hardy and bold warrior, "'we shall hinder that with our swords. "'They only perish that fate dooms. "'Let them die. "'They shall not turn from honour. "'Our foemen are welcome.' "'Spake Hagen of Trony, then, "Methinketh that were unwise. "'Ludgast and Ludger are proud men withal, "'and we can hardly in so few days muster our men.' "'Therefore the bold knight said, "'Tell Siegfried.' They bade lodge the envoys in town. Albeit they were his foemen, Gunther the great king commanded the folk to entreat them well; rightly he did so, till that he knew the friends that would stand by him. The king was heavy of his cheer, and Siegfried the good knight saw that he was downcast, but wist not the reason, and asked King Gunther what ailed him. I marvel much, said Siegfried, "'that thou takest no part in our sports as heretofore.' "'And Gunther, the doughty knight, answered him, "'Not to every man may I declare the secret heaviness of my heart. "'Only unto true friends shall the heart tell its dole.' Siegfried changed colour, and grew red and white, "'and he said to the king, "'I have denied thee naught, and now I would help thee. "'If thou seekest friends, I will be one of them, "'and stand to it truly to my life's end.' Now God requite thee, Sir Siegfried, for I like thy word. And albeit thy might availed me nothing, I would rejoice none the less that thou art well-minded toward me. As much and more will I do to thee if I live. I will tell thee the cause of my trouble. Envoys from my foemen have brought a message that with an army they will come against me. Such inroad of warriors hath not been aforetime in this country. Be not sorrowful for that. Answered Siegfried, "Be of good cheer and do now as I say. I will win for thee honor and profit, or ever thy foemen reach this land. Had they Stark adversaries thirty thousand warriors at their back, and I but one thousand, I would withstand them. Trust me for that." King Gunther answered, "Thou shalt be well paid for this." Give me a thousand of thy knights, since of mine own I have but twelve here with me, and I will keep thy land for thee. The hand of Siegfried will serve thee truly. Hagen shall help us in this, and also Ortwin, Dankwart, and Sindolt, thy loving knights, and eke Folker, the bold man, who shall bear the standard. Better knight thou wilt not find. Bid the envoys return to their country. Tell them they shall see us there sooner now. So shall our castles go scatheless.' The king let summon his kinsmen and his liegemen, and Ludger's messengers went to the court. They were glad to be gone. Gunther, the good king, gave them gifts and an escort, whereat they were well content. Spake Gunther, Thou shalt say on this wise to my haughty foemen. They did wisely to turn from their journey, for if my friends fail me not, and they seek me here in my land, they will find work now. They brought out rich gifts for the envoys, whereof Gunther had to spare, and these said not nay. Then they took their leave, and departed rejoicing. When the messengers were come again to Denmark, and told Ludgast how that the Rhine men would ride thither, he was wroth at their boldness. They made report to him of the many brave men Gunther had, and how that they had seen a knight there amidst of them that hight Siegfried, a hero from the Netherland, the which was heavy news for Ludgast. When they of Denmark heard it, they hastened the more to summon their friends, till that Ludgast had ready for the onset twenty thousand warriors withal. On like manner Ludger of Saxony summoned his men to the number of forty thousand ready to march into Burgundy. The same also did King Gunther to his liegemen, and to his brothers with their vassals, and to Hagen and his knights. These were sorrier now at the news, and by reason thereof many a knight looked on death. They hasted and made ready for the journey. Brave Folker bare the standard. They purposed to cross the Rhine from Worms. Hagen of Trony led the force. Sindolt and Bald Hunolt were there, though they might deserve King Gunther's gold. Also Hagen's brother Dankwart and Ortwin, fit men and worthy for the undertaking. Sit thou at home, O King," spake Siegfried, "since thy knights are willing to follow me. Stay here by the women, and be of good cheer, for by my troth I will guard for thee both goods and honour. I will see to it, that they that seek thee here at Worms by the Rhine, bide where they are. We will pierce deep into their country, till their vaunting is turned to sorrow. They passed from the Rhine through Hesse against Saxony, where the battle was fought afterward. With plunder and with fire they laid waste to the land which both the princes found their cost. When they were come to the marches, the warriors hasted forward, and Siegfried began to ask them, Which of us shall guard the rest from surprise? More to their hurt, the Saxons never took the field. They answered, Let bold Dankward guard the younger knights. He is a good warrior. So shall we come in less scathed by Ludger's men. He and Ortwin shall guard the rear. I will myself ride forward, said Siegfried and spy out the foe, that I may know rightly who the warriors be. Fair Sieglin's son did on his armour in haste, and gave his knights in charge to Hagen and Bald when he set out. He rode into Saxony, all alone, and won honour by his quest. He perceived a great host encamped on a field that loomed mightily against him, beyond the strength of one man, forty thousand or more. And the high heart of Siegfried rejoiced. One of the enemy's knights kept watch warily, and perceived Siegfried, and Siegfried him, and they glared fiercely on each other. I will tell you who he was that kept watch. On his arm he bare a glittering shield of gold. It was King Ludgast that kept ward over his host. The noble stranger pricked toward him fiercely. Ludgast dressed him also. They put spurs to their horses, "'and smote with all their strength from the shields with their spears "'that it was like to go hard with a king. "'On their horses, pricked forward with a spur, "'the princes bare down on each other like the wind. "'Then they wheeled round deftly, these two fierce men, "'and fell to hacking with their swords. "'Sir Siegfried smote that the field rang therewith. "'The hero with his mighty blade struck sparks from Ludgast's helmet. "'Fiercely fought the prince of the Netherland, and Ludgast, likewise, dealt many a grim blow. Each drave with all his might at the other's shield. The combat was spied by thirty of Ludgast's men, but Siegfried, by means of three deep wounds and grisly that he dealt Ludgast through his white harness, overcame the king, or these knights came up. His sword drew blood with each stroke that King Ludgast came in evil plight and begged for his life, offering his land as the price thereof, and said, that his name was Ludgast. His knights hastened to his rescue, for they had seen the encounter at the ward-post. Siegfried would have led him thence, but thirty of Ludgast's men rode at him. With mighty blows the Stark warrior kept his rich captive, and soon his hands did even deadlier deeds. He smote the thirty men dead in his defence, save one that fled and told what happened. The truth whereof was proven by his bloody helmet. They of Denmark were aghast when they heard their king was taken captive. They told it to his brother, who fell in a great fury by reason of the disaster. So the mighty Ludgast was taken by Siegfried's prowess, and given in charge to Hagen. When that good knight heard that it was Ludgast, he was not sorry. They bade raise the standard of Burgundy. "'Forward!' cried Siegfried. More shall be done or the day end if I lose not my life. The Saxon women shall rue it. Hearken now, ye men of the Rhine, I can lead you to Ludger's army. There ye will see helmets hewn by the good hands of heroes. They shall be in evil case or we turn again. Then Gernot and his men sprang to horse. The banner was unfurled by Folker, the minstrel knight. He rode before the host, and they all made them ready for battle. They numbered not more than a thousand men, and thereto the twelve strangers. The dust rose from their path, and they rode through the land, their shields flashing. The Saxons also were come up, bearing well-sharpened swords. So hath the story been told me. The swords in the heroes' hands dealt grim blows in defence of their castles and their lands. The marshal led the army and Siegfried was come forward with the twelve men that he had with him from the Netherland. Many a hand was bloody that day in battle. Sindolt and Hunolt and eke Gernot smote many heroes dead in the fight that were bolder now till they felt their prowess. For their sake sorrowed women not a few. Folker and Hagen and Ortwin, the fierce warriors, quenched the flash of many helmets with blood. Dankwart also did wonders. The Danes proved their mettle, and loud were heard the hurtling of shields, and the clash of sharp swords swung mightily. The Saxons, bold in strife, made havoc now. Wide were the wounds hewn by the men of Burgundy when they rushed to the encounter. Blood ran down the saddles. So was the honour wooed of these knights bold and swift. Loud rang the keen swords in the hands of the heroes of the Netherland when they rode with their lord into the fray they rode with siegfried like good knights none from the rhine kept pace with him by reason of siegfried's hand streams of blood ran from bright helmets till that he lit on ludgast amidst of his men thrice he pierced through the army of the saxons and thrice returned hagen by this time was come up with him that helped him in his quest they slew many a brave knight when bold ludgast found siegfried with Balmung, the good sword Swung aloft, wherewith he made a mighty slaughter, he was wroth, and of his mood full grim. With a fierce rush and clash of swords, the warriors came together. So exceeding furious was their onset, that the host gave way. Terrible was their hate. The Saxon king knew well that his brother was taken captive, and he was wroth thereat. But he knew it not for secret's work till now. They had blamed Gernot. Now he found out the truth. Ludger smote so hard that Siegfried's horse reeled under him. But when he was come to, Siegfried was more terrible than afore. Hagen and Gernot, Dankwart and Fulker stood by him. The dead lay in heaps. Sindolt and Hunolt and Ortwin the knight slew many in the strife. The princes held together in the fray. Bright spears in the hands of heroes flashed above the helmets that claved the shining bucklers and twain. Many a massy shield was red with blood. In the fierce encounter many men fell from their horses. Bold Siegfried and King Ludger strove together, and lances whizzed and sharp spears. Ludger's shield-plate flew off through the strength of Siegfried's hand. Then the hero of the Netherland, thought to have gotten the victory over the Saxons, they were hard-pressed. Ha! what polished buckler's doughty dank would break! Of a sudden— Ludger espied a crown that was painted on Siegfried's shield, and he knew the mighty man, and cried aloud to his friends, Forbear my men all! I have seen the son of Siegmund, even bold Siegfried. The devil hath sent him hither into Saxony. He bade lower the standard, and sued for peace. They granted this, yet he was compelled by Siegfried to go captive into Gunther's land. With one accord they ceased from the strife, They threw down their shivered helmets and shields. Blood-red were they all by the hands of the Burgundians. They took captive whom they listed, for they had the power. Gernot and Hagen gave order to convey the wounded on litters. They led five hundred noble knights as prisoners to the Rhine. The vanquished warriors rode back to Denmark. Nor had the Saxons fought so as to win them honour, and they were downcast. The dead were mourned by their friends. They sent the weapons to the Rhine on Sumters. So wondrously had Siegfried done, that all Gunter's men praised him. Sir Gernot sent word to Worms, and throughout the whole land to their friends how it had sped with them, for as bold knights and honourable they had fought. The pages hasted and told it, and the glad news rejoiced the loving ones that had sorrowed. The noble women ceased not from questioning how it had fared with the great king's men. "'Kriemhild bade a messenger to her in secret. "'Publicly she durst not, "'for to one of them she bare dear heart's love. "'When the messenger was come to her chamber, "'Kriemhild, the beautiful maiden, spake him fair. "'Now tell me glad tidings. "'Thou shalt have gold, therefore, "'and sayest thou sooth, "'I will ever be beholden to thee. "'How sped my brother Gernot in the battle, "'and the rest of my friends? "'Are there many dead?' Who did most valiantly now tell me whereto the messenger answered truthfully we had no coward among us yet since thou wilt hear it noble princess none rode in the thick of the fight like the knight of the netherland marvellous was the work of siegfried's hand all that the knights did in battle dankwart and hagen and the rest though with honour fought they all was but as wind matched with the prowess of siegfried the son of siegmund Many heroes have they slain, yet of the deeds of Siegfried done in battle none shall tell to the end. By reason of him many maidens mourn for their kin. Low lieth the dear one of many a bride. Loud smote he on the helmets that they ran blood. In all things he is a knight bold and good. Ortwin of Metz also won worship. Whoso came within range of his sword lieth wounded or dead thy brother too made fierce havoc in the battle to his prowess must all testify the proud burgundians have so fought that none may question their honour for many a saddle was emptied by them when the field rang loud with gleaming swords on such wise fought the knights of the rhine that their foemen had done better to flee the brave men of trony rode fiercely in the strife Hagen with his hand slew many whereof burgundy shall hear so valiantly fought Sindolt and Hunolt, Gernot's men, and Eke that Ludger may well rue that he ever met thy kinsmen by the Rhine. But the mightiest deeds, first and last, were done by Siegfried. He bringeth rich captives into Gunther's land, that his strength hath conquered, by reason whereof King Ludgast and his brother Ludger of Saxony suffer dole. For list to the marvel noble queen, both these princes hath Siegfried's hand taken, Never have so many captives been led into this land As come hither now through his prowess. The maiden was glad at the tale. Of unwounded men they bring five hundred or more, And eighty red buyers. I say sooth, Of the wounded, Fallen the most part by Siegfried's might. They that arrogantly withstood the knights of the Rhine Are now Gunther's captives. Our men lead them hither rejoicing. When she had heard the news aright, her fair cheek reddened, and her lovely face was the color of the rose, because it had gone well with young and noble Siegfried, and he was come with glory out of peril. She joyed for her kinsmen also as in duty bound. And she said, Thou hast spoken well. For guerdon thereof thou shalt have costly raiment, and ten golden marks, that I will bid them bear to thee. It is good to tell glad tidings to rich women. He got his envoys fee of gold and vesture, and the fair maids hasted to the window and looked down the road, where the high-hearted warriors rode home. They drew nigh, whole and wounded, and heard the greeting of friends unashamed. Light of heart, Gunter rode to meet them, for now his grim care was turned to joy. He received his own men well, and also the strangers. Not to have thanked them that were come to his court, for that they had done valiantly in battle, would have been unseemly in so great a king. And he asked tidings of his friends, and who were slain. None were lost to him save sixty only, and these were mourned as many a hero hath been mourned since. They that were unhurt brought many battered shields and shivered helmets back to Gunther's land. The warriors sprang down from their horses before the place, and there was a joyful noise of welcome. Order was given to lodge the knights in the town, AND THE KING COMMANDED THAT HIS GUESTS SHOULD BE courteously ENTREATED, AND THAT THE WOUNDED SHOULD BE SEEN TO AND GIVEN GOOD CHAMBERS. SO HE APPROVED HIMSELF GENEROUS TO HIS FOES. HE SAID TO LUDGAR, THOU ART WELCOME, MUCH SCATHE HAVE I SUFFERED THROUGH THEE, YET IF I PROSPER HENCEFORTH, I WILL CONSIDER MYSELF WELL PAID. GOD REWARD MY WARRIORS, FOR WELL HAVE THEY SERVED ME. THOU HAST CAUSE TO THANK THEM, answered ludger for nobler captives were never won for a king and gold without stint shall be thine if thou do well by me and my friends said gunther ye shall both go free yet i must have a pledge that my foemen quit not my land till peace be sealed betwixt us and they promised it and gave their hand thereon they led them to their quarters to rest and saw the wounded men laid softly in their beds. They set before them that were whole, meat, and good wine, and never were men merrier. They bare the battered shields away into safe keeping, and the bloody saddles of which there were enow, they hid, that the women might not grieve thereat. Many a weary night was there. The king entreated his guests right royally, and the land was full of friends and of strangers. He bade see to the sore wounded ones whose pride was brought low to them that were skilled in leechcraft they offered a rich fee of unweighed silver and yellow gold that they might heal the heroes of their wounds gotten in battle the king sent also precious gifts to his guests they that thought to ride home were bidden stays friends and the king took counsel how he might reward his liegemen that had done valiantly for his sake sir gernot said let them go hence for the present "'and summon them after six weeks to a high tide. "'Many will then be whole that now lie sick of their wounds. "'Siegfried of the Netherland would have taken leave also, "'but when King Gunther knew his intent, "'he besought him lovingly to tarry, "'the which Siegfried had not done but for Gunther's sister's sake. "'He was too rich to take money, albeit he well deserved it. "'The king loved him, and also the king's kinsmen "'that had seen the deeds wrought by his hand in battle.' So, for love of the maiden, he agreed to tarry, that haply he might win to see her the which all along came to pass, for he knew her to his heart's desire, and rode home joyfully afterward to his father's land. The young knights obeyed the king's command willingly, and practised daily at the tourney. Seats were raised on the stand before worms for the guests that were coming into Burgundy. When it was time for them to arrive, fair Creamhild heard the news that they were about to hold a high tide with their friends. Then the beautiful women busied them with their kirtles and their headgear that they were to wear. Uta, the great queen, heard of the proud knights that were coming, and gorgeous robes were taken from their wrapping-cloths. For love of her children, she bade them bring forth the garments. Many women and maidens were adorned therewith, and of the young knights of Burgundy, not a few. To many of the strangers also she gave goodly apparel. End of the Fourth Adventure